said, Henceforth, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. What does the devil have in you? Listen closely. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I'm not saying the devil has you. But according to this scripture, it's possible for there to be something in you that belongs to him. And if there is, he has the legal right. He's very legalistic. Demons are legalistic. This whole thing is legalistic as far as we have the legal authority in the name of Jesus to put the devil on the run. How many knows what I'm saying? I want to say it again. Let it sink in. And why God would choose for me to preach this in a hotbed of Holy Ghost power when I look out and see people so full of God, you're either going to go up or blow up. How many feels that way? <laughs> this church will make it if you don't overshoot the runway. How many can identify with that? But for reasons known only to him, he said, I have you there for a reason. This has been booked a long time ago. There's something special about the connection between you and the Boyds. And he said, I'm going to lead you and show you what that is in the future. And I'm comfortable with that because your pastor is. None of us are climbing ladders. None of us are, have agendas. There's no manipulation maneuvering. We're here, his reason, his season. Even the connection with Brother Benny I know is a divine connection. But now, listen very carefully. Let us sink in. You may forget me, but you won't forget the words that God gives you tonight. Jesus says, Henceforth I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. What does the devil have in you? Satan's number one plot, ploy, and plan is for his demons to live in you. If he cannot accomplish that, he will settle for second best. I want to leave a deposit in you. Just a little bit of fear. Just a little bit of worry. Just a little bit of lust. Just a little bit of greed. Just a little something. Because if he has something in you that belongs to him, legally he has the right. It's his deposit. He can come back. And many of us are harassed and hounded and taunted and haunted. Not because we're demon-possessed. Not because the devil has us. But because there's something foreign in us that we've given place to. And tonight... God wants to set you free, completely free from all the junk and fill you completely full with a ghost called holy. Come on, give God praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, pastor, the message of the Pensacola revival. And by the way, you understand one reason I believe we've connected because we've never let it go. Dr. Cho's prophecy, it will go till Jesus comes. It'll burn like a match but then spread all over America till all of America's ablaze with the glory. And when John Kilpatrick visited me just a couple weeks ago, he said, John Davis, I need you to come on back down. It's breaking loose. A delegation of 15 ministers and people from Boston came in because God said, go. They left their Sunday service. They brought their church in, received impartation. And so what if? Everybody say, what if? What if? <laughs> God doesn't lie, ladies and gentlemen, if he says it. Take it to the bank, hang your head on it, it's going to happen. And when I saw your pastor, I met a man that hadn't let it go. And he's kind of like me. 
you know, I don't want a house full of Pharisees. I'm not out to try to compete and compare. I just want a remnant that'll Jesus had a dozen. He spent more time with the three than he did or the dozen than he did with the, with the multitudes. So if something big this way is coming, it just makes sense that God is going to move on people that want more than a weekend, want more than just be a Sunday saint and a Monday ain't. Come on, say amen, somebody. And I sense that. Some of the greatest results I have are in places like this. I'm in Kansas City once a month, 30 people. And new people are starting to come. But it's a pastor like your pastor that hadn't let go. Once you bumped into a ghost called holy, you're haunted by that ghost called holy. And he's not a spirit of death. He's a spirit of life and power and a sound mind. But the message of Pensacola is the message of the Bible. It's the message for this message. Here's the way they said it. More junk, less Jesus. Less junk, more Jesus. No junk, all Jesus. Catherine Kuhlman said, I used to pray less of me and more of thee, but now I pray, Lord, none of me and all of thee. So the revival that's going to be the last great tsunami wave that's already headed this direction, the sign that tsunami's coming is, is the tide goes all the way out, and you can see the ground and the mud, and it looks like there's nothing there, and it's all the way out. But something big this way is coming. Me thinks it's starting this weekend here in Dallas. We feel it. This great wave is going to be a wave that's about extractions and impartation. Lord, fill me. I can't. Why? Because you're full. You're full of baloney. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Are you? <laughs> I'm not saying you're full of Satan. You're full of self. If, if the devil can get a hold of, how many knows flesh food is what feeds that roaring lion? So if there is lust and greed and stuff and junk, that he can get a hold of. Now, this is, I'm not a prophet of gloom and doom. I'm going somewhere with this. I don't mind you getting quiet either because I want this to sink in because I'd memorized books of the Bible, knew how to preach, walked into a revival to get a $5,000 check for my school. That's why I came down, and I saw a teen challenge boy that was continuing doing this and preaching, and nobody could say, Jesus, like Steve Hill. And I thought, wow, what is it? And suddenly I realized he was emptied of everything and just full of Jesus. And with him it was Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, and Jesus when the sun goes down. He had something I didn't have. And my goal from that day forward was to become a dead man walking. Led by the Spirit, fed by the Word, and dead to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I'm here to tell you on the authoritative ability of God's infallible word and take it to the bank and you hear this decree. God has raised up this regimented remnant of blood-bought, fire-baptized believers in this area and given you a general that will lead you and feed you. And I've listened to him. There is no guile. He said, I'm not after a big church. I'm not climbing ladders. Don't want a big name, big fame. He just... Basically, has tasted the glory of that next world. 
How many knows that next world is more real than this world? And once you've tasted the fruit of that land before you even see the heavenly fields, forever you will pursue that which set, set you free. And when I saw motives, priorities, and attitude was right and realized the devil had nothing in him or on him. Listen close. If the devil's got nothing in you or on you, he can't blackmail you. He can't blackball you. Amen. He came to Eve, found disobedience, got a hold of it, brought her down. He came to Cain, found jealousy, got a hold of it. Where did Cain get his wife? I tell you, if I was able. Come on, shout amen, somebody. He came to Saul. He found arrogance and pride, got a hold of it, brought him down. Came to Samson, built like Rambo, acted like Dumbo. Come on, say amen, somebody. Laid his head in the devil's lap, got a haircut that cost him his life, but he saw lust, got a hold of it, brought him down. David, the mighty king, a one-night fling. The rest is history. Felled the giant from Gath that fell to a woman taking a bath. I think of the horrendous horrors and atrocities of sin, just a little bit of sin, then trying to cover it up. David, he saw that in him, and he brought him down, and all through Holy Writ, ladies and gentlemen, he came. To the Israelites, so mumbling, grumbling spirit. 11-day journey took him 40 years. Griping about God's man, God's plan. Griping about God's cooking. How many knows it's not good to gripe about God's cooking, but they griped. And only two was allowed to enter in. A sad commentary what sin can do. If the devil has something in you, Jesus, stay with me now. He came to Judas and he found a critical spirit. He came to Saul, found a haughty spirit. He came to Jesus, found the Holy Spirit, couldn't get a hold of nothing, and Jesus brought him down. And tonight we run the devil out of Dallas, Fort Worth, and out of America, and out of your head, your heart, and your home. Come on, give God a thunder salvation of praise. Hallelujah. And the message that God told me to give you is a question. And I want you tonight, as the Holy Spirit circles this building and breathes and broods over us, I live for what happens in the altars. Everything else is preliminary. If I could get right to the altar call, I would do it because I live to see you free. And I want the hell out of your head and your heart and your home. I want to cancel hell's assignment against your families. There's no, there's no need that curses go down to the third and fourth generation. There's no need that your grandkids grow up and are hounded and haunted by a spirit that has dogged every step. I'm telling you right now, if the, if the curses go down to three generations, God said, I'll bless you to a thousand generations. How many of those your kids can go to heaven with you? In fact, I see your grandkids running across the grassy green fields of glory saying, Papa, I made it. Grandma, I made it by the grace of God and the power of the blood of Cal. If you don't shout, I'm going to shout all over this place. <laughs> Hallelujah. What does the devil have in you? I remember... My goal was to take Kansas City for God. It was a church of 50. We grew to 300. One day had 600 in two years, praying, fasting, people coming in. It was a revival. I've never pastored a lot. I, that's not my gifting. I admire somebody that can stay at a place. I, it don't take me long to pastor a church. I can pastor a church in a year. I'm through. It takes some people a long time, but not me. C.M. Ward said, the longer I pastor people, the more I love animals. How many can identify with that? 
But in my illustrious pastoral career, it would always be taking a church that was down and, and just having a year revival or two-year revival. And the church grew, and, and I was so excited about taking Kansas City for God. And I remember driving up the freeway and doing the speed limit. My, my son, little John, was there, probably four years old, and my wife. And we were so, just had a great Sunday night service. And unbeknownst to me, there was somebody behind me that was trying to go faster, but I was going the speed limit because when you break the speed limit, God gets out. You're by yourself. How I many knows what I'm saying? You, so I didn't want to be my Some of you drive by yourself all the time. I can tell by looking at you. You're under conviction now. But suddenly this man, he pulled out beside me, got right beside me, honked his horn in a blurring fashion, and when I turned, he, he conveyed to me an unbecoming, obnoxious, vulgar gesture. He waved at me without using all of his fingers. How many knows what I'm saying? Got the picture. And something came over me. I thought, oh boy, my wife saw it, my son saw it, you're not going to get by with it. So I began to chase him down the freeway. He would speed up, I would speed up. Then he would go faster, and finally I looked. I was going 95 miles an hour down the freeway chasing this man that had tripped my trigger. <laughs> what do you do when you catch somebody? I don't know. Probably hit him in the fist with your face. How many knows what I'm talking about? <clears throat> Debbie said, Johnny's running from you. I'm glad he was, but I'm just, I'm, whatever came over me, I just lost it. And suddenly I realized how ridiculous this scene was. Because I didn't realize I was driving the church van chasing a man down the freeway. <clears throat> now, can you imagine this man looking in the rearview mirror and he sees a preacher with a mad anointing? And on the front of the van, Jesus is Lord coming him down the freeway. On the side of the van, the church of the friendly folk coming down the freeway. When I realized how ludicrous, ridiculous this sight was, that I'd really lost it, I pulled to the side of the road, and I, I began to repent. And then I began to laugh at how stupid I looked. And then I would cry. Then I would laugh. And I said, Lord, forgive me for losing my temper. He said, you didn't lose it. You still got to deal with it. <laughs> I wrote a poem. I hope I can remember. Two flies sat on a pump panel, watching a man eat bologna and bread. The man laid down his sandwich. One fly to the other said, that sandwich sure looks tasty. Let's try it while the man's away. So the flies flew into that sandwich of bologna and ate as if it were the last day. They ate for a while till the man returned. Then to the pump huddle they flew though full. One flew away, the other one stayed. Feeling sick, he began to drool. He tried to fly but fell and died and left us this great testimony. The moral and pun to everyone, don't fly off the handle when you're full of bologna. Come on, shout amen somebody. <laughs> Suddenly I realized that I really wasn't empty from stuff that I thought I was empty from. And I really wasn't full of what I thought I was full of. And God dealt with me and said, Son, in, in, in Proverbs, it is better to control your spirit than control a city. How many knows the Bible says that? So if you want to take your city for God, God wants to take you. He wants to set you free. And during times of introspection, laying on the floor in Florida, has God mopped the floor with me and searched me up and down, through and through, had pocketbook and shoe, past, present, future, finances? I find that he gutted me. And I say that in a way because I needed that. If there's carnality, if there's flesh, if you're driven by fear, God don't drive, he leads. The devil will drive you, but God will lead you. I see people driven by fear and worry and doubt and lust. My son is a young boy used to have a car it was a remote control car he couldn't get in that car it was too small he didn't have to get in it there was something in it that responded to a mechanism he could push a button and make that car do anything 
And I think of some of God's people who are driven. The devil's not in you, but there's something in you that attracts him, and it's attracted by him and to him, and he can do things, and it's through the week, and you come to church, and you sing, and you worship, and you really mean it. What happens on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, between that time? You don't have to be a Sunday saint and an everyday devil. How many knows on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if it works in here, it'll work out there. It'll work on your job. It'll work at Walmart, Real Revival. It's not just pastors in the pulpit. It's ministers in the marketplace. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take God to the streets. I said, let's take Holy Ghost Revival to the highways and the byways. And now for all these years, God has used me as a revivalist to stir people up to confront their sins, their habits, their stuff. You remember the altar calls in Pensacola? Pastor talked about it. Greatest saint feels like the greatest sinner in the presence of the greatest. Lift your hands and praise him. Come on, open your mouth and praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, you don't know how cold you are till you get in the white hot heat of Holy Ghost revival. You don't know how far away from God you've strayed until you start back. I'm not talking about being sinless. I'm talking about sinless and less and less. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. But we don't allow the devil. Here's what the Bible says. Neither give place to the devil. No open doors. Eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate. Your words can open doors. The first thing John Kilpatrick told me, when God took the junk out and put the glory in, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Because your words, words created this world. Your words can create your world. You literally give place to the devil when you agree with him and speak his words. Ladies and gentlemen, stand on the authoritative ability of God's infallible, immutable, irrefutable, invincible, and errant, inspired word, and declare for a decree every day that I live. He lived, loved, labored, died, arose, ascended. He lives, loves, saves, cares, heals, feels, and he's coming again. Jesus is Lord of my talk and my walk. Come on, give God a thunder salvation. Speak what God speaks about you. Speak what God speaks about your family. Don't give place with your words to the devil, the mouth gate, the ear gate. I'm telling you right now, if I have one message right before we enter this last great phase and this last great outpouring that's going to precede the appearing right before that, it's this. Shut the door on the devil. I live on 40 acres. It's mine. I love it. We call it Serenity Acres. It's right there next to Branson. That's my place of prayer. That's my place of grace. God's found a place to park the ark. And we host the Holy Ghost 24-7. But I have told my family and my grandkids, I have said if you leave the door open that much, it doesn't take much for a snake to come in. And on 40 acres, they think that belongs to them. And there are snakes. What kind? Rattle-headed copper moccasins. Come on, shout amen. That's the only kind, the Ozarks. And they're all poisonous in my mind. If you, open, if you, if you just leave it open that much, there's critters that will be in your house, 
And you think you're the only one in there, but they're under the bed. They're in the bedroom. I don't care if there's, there's animals there I didn't know existed. I went one morning and, and turned the lights out on the, to shine up the, on the property. And I looked out, and it was a veritable zoo. I saw animals. There was deer, and there was groundhogs, and there was possums and raccoons, and they was all together just kind of foraging around. I thought, dear God, I think I saw Bigfoot. Amen. <laughs> well, they're not supposed to be in your house. They're not supposed to be living with you. You've got to come to the place in God where you let the devil know my family wasn't born to go to hell, nor was it born for hell to come in. Pastor Tom Luther called me a few moments ago. I'm preaching for him on Sunday morning, and I said, I'm in Garland, Texas. Told him about this church. He said, John Davis, you know what to do. Give them heaven tonight. <laughs> Amen. I said, they already got it. Amen. How many knows God? God wants the hell out of your head, your heart, your home, your families, your finances. Ladies and gentlemen, he wants to bless every area of your life. Come on, tonight, throw the gauntlet down. Serve the devil notice. Satan, out of my head, out of my heart, out of my mind. I'm free in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and shout praises to God. Come on, open your mouth and praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. So my first message, because God told me, he said, son, you're going to preach to people whose heart's right, but their head's messed up. You're going to preach to people who are going to heaven, but they're going through hell to get there. And some of them blame it on warfare. And there is such a thing as warfare, but I'm telling you right now, there's no load as heavy as that of unrepentant sin. Jesus, well, you're being pulled. You're trying to go one way, but you still have a foot. And you're giving place to the enemy, and there's critters in the house, and you're packing critters and don't know it. And you can say good morning and see the manifestation of glory and peace and love and the fruit of the Spirit. There's all kinds of junk. I'm telling you, tonight, God's setting us free, completely free. Hallelujah. I'm feeling this, folks. It's growing. And I can't rebuke your sin. And I see people on the altars all the time with problems. But I, when I put my hand on the head, no, no, that's why we repent. Everybody say repent. And there has been a tremendous, a tremendous wave against that message. You know, go with the flow, ride with the tide. I'm okay, you're okay. And, you know, everybody's going to make it. And so just go ahead and easy believism, featherbed religion, secret sensitive, feel good. God says, no, no, no. Listen. The problem, and Congress has spent billions of dollars trying to solve man's problem. Man's problem is sin. Yeah. It's just simple as that. In fact, the strongest man in the Bible sinned. The wisest man in the Bible sinned. Solomon, the meekest man in the Bible sinned. Moses, a man after God's own heart sinned. Everybody did but one. And the one that didn't carried our sin, took our sin, became our sin, died for our sin, overcame sin, arose from the dead with victorious conquering power over sin, and tells us there's power in the blood of Jesus to set you free and to keep you free every day all the way. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the message is not if you repent to some extent, you'll be free to some degree. 
The message is repent. And tonight we're going to do that. I've got one message, Pastor. As the ambassador, I preached it, and I will preach it as long as there's breath in my body. The blood will never cover what you don't uncover. That simply means completely clean before God. Nothing in my hand I bring, save only to the cross I claim. I'm not legalistic. I'm not, I'm not full of condemnation. Because I know Billy Graham said, I hope that when I stand before him that, that he will not bring up some things that I don't want brought up. So all of us are, have a bent towards sin. But how many knows you can turn toward God with your whole heart? And every day that you live, you can say, I've got victory over sin every day. And if any man sin, my favorite verse, we have an advocate with the Father. Everybody say, I plead the blood. Everybody say, I need the blood. Everybody say, I heed the blood. We've been accused of preaching a bloody gospel. I proudly plead guilty to the charge. It's a bloody book. You cut it anywhere, it will bleed. Amen. From Adam to Calvary, a river of blood. In fact, they say that there was in the proximity of a billion lambs. I don't know how they tabulate this, but a billion lambs that were slain. And that's four, four billion gallons of blood that was shed for the sins of you mankind. It only served as a temporary appeasement because no sooner did they offer this than Israel was back out in sin. But at Calvary, that river of blood stopped, and tonight there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Ladies and gentlemen, our antidote and our remedy for our malady is to stay under the blood of Jesus every day to avoid sin, avert sin, get rid of sin. We don't embrace sin. It's a rattlesnake. It's a copperhead. We avoid it like we would an AIDS-contaminated needle and a rabid dog in the name of Jesus. I come against sin and Satan, and tonight we decree that you are free by the blood of Jesus. Throw your hands up and praise him one more time. Come on, lift your hands and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Before Satan attacks your marriage, your ministry, and your money, he attacked your mind. This is the battlefield right here. So right here in the mind, we bring ourselves to God tonight and we repent. The second thing God said, once you repent, you can rebuke. Everybody say rebuke. The mighty name of the mighty Jesus. 264 popes, they say from St. Peter up until now, and all of them together, with all of their blood shed, cannot save one single solitary soul. But one ruby red riblet from the blood of Calvary's bleeding lamb can save the entire world. Ladies and gentlemen, eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus, our remedy. Our remedy for our malady is the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't rebuke your sin, but if you repent, I can put my hand on your head in the name of Jesus. We don't beg, negotiate, debate, argue. We simply say, in the mighty name of the mighty Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, and demons below tremble and know that name. And angels above bow in love before that name. And here in Texas, we honor that name. Ladies and gentlemen, a name above every name. I said a name above every name. Adam's creator, Abel's altar, Eve's companion, Noah's ark, Abraham's friend, Isaac's well, and Jacob's ladder, Joseph's dream, Moses' burning bush, Gideon's rod, Gideon, Aaron's rod, Gideon's fleece, Joshua's captain, and Elijah's swing low, sweet chariot ride, Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of the wheel, Zion's lion, Canaan's king, Sharon's rolled, 
Balaam's, Balaam's Shiloh, Daniel's deliverer, the three old Hebrews, fourth man, God's son, Mary's baby, the angel's darling, heaven's wonder, hell's terror. He's the way maker, peacemaker, caretaker, soul saver, devil chaser, dead men raiser, blind men healer, Holy Ghost filler, need meter. I keep going to you shout, problem solver, prayer answer, gospel preaching, people reaching, great busting river of life, Holy Ghost revival for the Metroplex. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Everybody say Jesus. And there's your remedy. Now look this direction. Repent, rebuke, and renew. Everybody say renew. The three R's are not reading, writing, arithmetic. It's repent, rebuke, and renew. Because when you got saved, everything got saved but two things, your flesh, your body, and your mind. And your body must be subdued and your mind must be renewed. And God told me, he said, son, tell the people every day that I don't care if your soul is saved, every day renew your mind with this worship. Get in the worship, get in the presence, stay in the presence, live in the spirit. They that walk in the spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a place in God. You say the devil's bothering me, not half as much as you bother him. Every time you get up in the morning, the devil says, oh, no, they're up again. That river of life group that keeps meeting and having Holy Ghost revival is giving the devil a nervous breakdown tonight. Come on, folks. The message is simple. The greatest nation you'll ever face is your imagination and condemnation and ruination, rumination. And these nations, your mind, as you submit to God and stay on the blood of Jesus, as you rebuke the devil daily, as you live in the spirit by renewing your mind, every day that you live, there's victory. And I'm going to shout it. You don't have to send some every day. How many knows there's a place in God where you can be an overcomer? How many of these are promises to the overcomer? And I heard this. Heard the man of God preaching. Heard him preaching, repent, get right in God's sight, come clean and clear. And I saw four and a half million people lined up to get in. And the people kept coming and kept coming and running to the altar. And now there has been a tremendous persecution, opposition to the message of repentance. You got to sin. You got you to just be me. You got to live like you need to live to get by. Go with the flow, ride with the tide. God says tonight, deal with the junk. I want to shatter every shackle. I want to break every bondage. I want to set you totally free. Neither give place to the devil. I, I write it like this. Most of you know by now that I like to rhyme, and I think God gave me this. You don't know, but he's a poet because this is the way it comes to me. I tell sin, you're not my friend. Lust, bite the dust. Doubt, get out. Fear, steer clear. Worry, leave in a hurry. Hate, there's the gate. Leave the state. Don't wait or hesitate. Pride, take a ride, you old dry hide. Strife, get out of my life. Gloom, no room. Wine, don't have the time. Booze, you lose. Whiskey, you're too risky. Dope, nope, don't need you to cope. Stay with me, it gets worse. Dope, dope, don't need you to cope. You're not my hope. Temptation, take a vacation. Depression, depression, I'm confessing for a blessing. I tell Satan, not waiting, debating, or hesitating. Hit the road, Toad. There's a track jack. Leave town, clown. Take your junk pump. Jump in the lake, you old snake. It won't work, jerk. You dense dust, doofus, dummy, dummy, ding-a-long, ding-dong, devil. Get out, get back, get down, out of my head. Hold your applause out of my heart, out of my home. My family's going to be saved. My body's going to be healed. My church and finances are blessed. 
I'm going to heaven. I've shipped the saddle home. The devil don't ride this horse anymore. I am free from hell, free from the devil. Miracles shall be seen in 2018. This is my hour. This is my day. This is my time. Come on, give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, come on, praise him. Clap your hands for 10 seconds. <laughs> you better clap. It takes something to write that, much less speak it. Here's what I'm sharing with you, because tonight I live for what happens right now. I just told you I'm in a hotbed of Holy Ghost power. I'm convinced all of you are, are just super dino-whopping on fire, plugged in, tuned in, turned on, saints. But what if? Because, so I'm preaching, streamlining, this is going on tape. My wife says, John, why do you have to tell everything? She says, it's embarrassing when you confess this. But I can remember in my life, quoting books of the Bible and having a stash of pornography. And I say it not because I'm proud of it. I say it because God showed me that there's junk going on with his people that's grieving his spirit and hindering the full flow of his glory. What is it about the two sides, the dark side? Tonight we shine the light on everything. I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about being sinless. I'm talking about sinless. I'm talking about being so sensitive to God that if that critter comes in the door, you immediately get it out in the name of Jesus. Deb don't even know this, but on our property, she may now if she watches this, but on our property, I walked back in my office and there was a snake there in my office. It was just, the, the opening was that small. It was under the door, but Sam out got in. I got it out. I haven't told her since. Don't you tell her. She'd want to move. <laughs> but I plugged up all of the holes in the house. And I tell my son, who's recently went through some things. You know, most of our problems are self-inflicted. But it hurts just as much when you shoot yourself in the foot if it is, if it, as it does if somebody else does. In fact, it hurts more because it's embarrassing. Come on, shout it. You did it yourself. Leave the door open to the devil. You can do it with the mouth, the ears. You can do it with the eyes. You wouldn't go with a hooker, but the looker. You watch it late at night on television. They tell us now that there are two televisions in the American household, two televisions for every one toilet. That means there's twice as much junk com coming in now as there is going out. Come on, shout amen, somebody. How many's got the message? You got the message? Okay, I don't have to. I don't mind you laughing. But I'm telling you, in my own life, I could, you could fool a lot of people. And there's even results. The gifts and callings are without repentance. I know how to preach, move a crowd. But I found myself standing in the imperial presence of royalty. Royalty faced in the immortal tribunal of glory in a floor in Florida. I saw a man, Jesus, Jesus. 
I miss Steve Hill's voice, but I hear it when I talk to you. That's why I want to talk to you. I want to listen. I hear his voice. It's the voice of God, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Repent. Everybody say, repent. Come clean and clear. He's coming. I said, he's coming. He's coming. Get right in God's sight tonight. Sin must be dealt with. No room. No room for anything that belongs to Satan. And the good news, all you have to do is acknowledge, admit, submit, and you can be free tonight. But if you hold on to it, and you begin to pet those critters, they'll turn on you. And I've seen a lot of people packing critters. And don't, don't try to get me to, to talk to you about the difference between depression, oppression, obsession, depression, possession, repression. Or, no, no, no. If it's gotcha, it's gotcha. I'm not the theologian to, to draw lines. I'm just saying tonight, God wants you free. And if you repent, I don't even have to lay hands. Anybody here can lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. And the devil knows it. And right now he's hurting for certain. He knows tonight is a death nail to his kingdom. That God is going to set you free. And I feel that. Here's, here, I've got a lot of testimonies. But here's one that stayed with me. Seven months, Miami, Oklahoma. Church of three, 400 people. First assembly. Every Sunday through Wednesday. 20,000 people repents. These are numbers they told me because the crowds would come in the buses and the vans. There was one night we'd have testimonies and they were powerful. But the one that stayed with me is the testimony of a preacher. I knew him from the past. As a youth director of the state of Missouri, 10,000 teenagers, 400 churches every year, I would oversee youth camps. And Mike was my athletic director. He said, when I came, I knew that was John Davis, but it's a different John Davis. Something on him I didn't recognize. And he said, when I saw people fall backwards, he said, I, I wasn't used to that, and I didn't receive that. And he said, I said, I'll never fall backwards. He didn't. He fell forwards. <laughs> he fell on his nose. And he gave the testimony before 400 people. He said, folks, I've never had a vision, but I saw Jesus. He came to me with a basin. And he said, Mike, would you let me cleanse you and set you free, oh, Jesus? He said, the most beautiful person you've ever seen in your life. Jesus set me free. He said, he, he said, Mike, you God agreed. He said, I knew that, and he knew that. He put his hand in the basin, and he washed, and he said, I felt the greed leave my life. He said, Mike, you're full of lust. He said, I knew that. He knew it. My wife didn't, but I had a stash of pornography, and I would sneak around. But he said, he put his hand in the basin, and he washed and he said, I felt the lust leave my life. How many of you can be free from the junk of hell? He said, Mike, you're full of covetousness. He put his hand in the basin. He washed. And he named every sin that I had. And when he put his hand and washed, he said it lifted. Then he said, Mike, you're full of pride. Jesus set me free. He put his hand in the basin. He washed. He said, but he put his hand back in the basin and he washed again. Then he looked at me and said, Mike, You've got to humble yourself because until you do, until you submit to God, the Bible doesn't say resist the devil, he'll flee from you. It says submit yourself therefore to God. Then resist the devil, he'll flee from you. And he said, I said, oh God, I humble myself before you. I don't care if I fall backwards, forward, stand on my head, shake. 
I'm not against the manifestations. I'm sick of me, sin, Satan. And he said, I humbled myself. He washed. He said, I felt all the pride leave my life. Nothing mattered but just walking with him. And he said, Jesus looked at me and said, Mike, you want to look in the mirror? He said, yes. He said, I walked over, looked in the mirror, and I said, Jesus, that doesn't look like me. Jesus said, Mike, that's not you. That's me. And the rest of your life, when people see you, they won't see you. They will see me. And when Mike told that testimony, the glory came in. Angels began to permeate the atmosphere. And one more night, God did it again. How many knows he can do it again? Lift your hands. <laughs> lift your hands and praise it. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. <laughs> lift your voice. Hallelujah. I want you to praise him for 15 seconds. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come and open your mouth and praise him for five more seconds. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want everybody to say Jesus. Say it three times. Say it three more times. Now in the Holy Ghost, I want you to praise him. If God gives you a prayer language, I want you to speak it out. Not one word in English. Not one word in English. Whatever God gives you, speak it out. Jesus. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. May Ramantiki Santandela Ramasaya. Parima sorry Mandaramasaya. As soft music plays, I just want you to praise him in the Holy Ghost. My God, the atmosphere is charged with electricity, his presence, the vibrations of a Holy Ghost. Come on, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus. I'm not going to bore you with statistics. Christians that are drinking. Christians that have invited pornography into their homes. Not just the world. The world is supposed to be worldly. But some of these statistics are staggering. And when John Kilpatrick shared with me, I said, surely not. 
How many knows God can set everybody free? But the blood will never cover what you don't uncover. It's not even confession. It's repentance. Confession brings relief. Repentance brings release. People go to a priest and confess they feel better. But you come to Jesus, repent, you will be better. It's not just feelings. Now I told you I wrestled with this today because I said, God, I could hardly stand last night. What I experienced last night is what we see after a year of revival in most churches we go to. It's glory holes, it's whirlpools. <laughs> and I couldn't stand and they were holding me up and immediately I knew I needed somebody to hold me up. Because the presence of God was so strong. I said, God, this pastor is a revivalist. He's a teacher. He can dissect and explain everything that I've just thrown out to you. Because I want to be doctrinally right, theologically right. All I know, if there's junk in you that doesn't belong to God, God wants it out. Use the terminology you want. Cast out, cast down, cast off. I just don't want any of the critters. I don't want to pack critters. I want to be a carrier of the glory. How many wants to be a carrier of the glory? When your grandkids come in your room, the presence of God. Smith Wilkinsworth would walk on a train and people start weeping, not knowing why. He was a carrier of that presence. Charles Finney would go into a factory and they would start weeping, crying out to God. I have felt that this week when I'm sitting. Pastor Scott, trying to eat today best steak ever had in my life but the more he talked the more I would just jerk the glory and it's involuntary you don't learn that it's something I picked up on the floor in Florida I can't explain it but it was coming on me and I thought I gotta stop jerking and eat but the more he would talk the more the presence I'm telling the answer to the metroplex is a conflagration of God's presence and glory coming down in a remnant of people. They're saying in the name of Jesus, we stand in proxy and declare for a decree that Dallas will not go to hell. Fort Worth will not go to hell. But in Jesus' name, it's been prophesied. It's been prophesied by great leaders that the next great wave of God is going to hit this area right here. I vote for that in Jesus' name. What if? What if it's not a coincidence? What if it is providence? we come down here at the exact same time that we're getting ready to come out of the cave and I feel that and I've harbored and hibernated there in Branson with a remnant just like you have a core I don't want a bunch of people I want a core that'll help me pray this thing through that'll help me walk close to God that I can share the vision and we can stand together and say oh God if you did it once you can do it again in Jesus name I'm comfortable with you not applauding anymore. I just want you to listen to this. Because I could weep the rest of the night. Because I just want to get into that cloud and get into that blood. And I want to bathe and say, God, search me, try me, know me, probe my conscience. Go down deep. Gut me if you want. But one more time, do it again. I want to be filled with your glory. Jesus. I don't see anybody here packing critters and I do have discernment I don't feel that 
God knows your heart. He sees you at night. We morning hours. He knows what you do when you're not in his presence. And God says, son, you're going to be preaching to people everywhere I send you before I return who are dressed up on the outside but messed up on the inside. And I want to set them free. I'm going to count to three. And I want you to close your eyes and whisper the name of Jesus. I'm asking for Judgment Day honesty. And I, like you, love the services where they're shouting and noise, but God told me a long time ago, your greatest results are going to be when there's a holy hush and a sense of sobriety and solemnity. When I can face man with my super x-ray fiery eyes and say, deal with it tonight. I brought you here to clean you out and to fill you full of my glory. I'm going to count to three on the count of three. You don't have to name it to me. You don't have to talk to me about it. But if you say, John Davis, while you're preaching, God is showing me there's something in me that don't need to be there. It may be pornography, lust, greed, covetousness. It may be priorities and motives and attitudes, rebellion. There's natural lust, but then there's a spirit of lust that can come. And suddenly things are going on. And God says, I want to set people free. And I want to finish this story. And Deb said, John, why do you have to tell everything? Because I would get up and just tell the truth about my life. And I said, three reasons. Number one, hon, I'm not running for superintendent or bishop or overseer. I'm not running for political offices. And so I don't care what people think. I said, the second thing, he told me there's a whole lot of people out there just like me. And if I'll be honest, they'll be honest. And the third thing, are you ready? I said, Jesus set me free, and I'm so excited. I want to tell everybody, you don't have to pack critters anymore. Come on, lift your hands and praise him. Lift your voice and praise him. That's the real reason. That's the real reason I'm coming clean and clear. You don't have to pack any critters. You can leave this place knowing that you're clean. Judgment day, honesty. Father, I've done my best. Deliver my soul, preach my heart out now. I'm asking, Father, for extractions. Take out all the junk. I'm asking you for impartation. Fill us with your glory. I bless River of Life. I bless the boys. I bless these people. Jesus, something is going on in the spirit that's going to go beyond these two days that I've been in the Metroplex. You're up to something. It's America back to God. It's America back to God. Some years ago it was Awake America. Now it's America back to God. America back to God. In Jesus' name, we have a window of opportunity. From the White House, Courthouse, Schoolhouse, Church House, our house. Jesus, it's the church coming back to God. It's the saints, the remnant coming back to God. Tonight we repent. I'm going to count to three on the count of three. If you'll say, John Davis, I'm under conviction. Heavy hangs over me. God is showing me there's something in my life that he don't want to be there. Everybody put your hands down. Say Jesus again. On the count of three, if God's convicting you, there's something. I don't want the devil to get a hold of it and bring me down. I don't want to be blackmailed, blackballed by him. When he comes...
I want him to see Jesus, the Father, the Holy Ghost, the fruit of the Spirit. I want him to see a life that is pure. On the count of three, John Davis, there's something in me that I need to be set free. And I want God to set me free tonight. I'm going to count to three on the count of three. I'm begging you now. I'm not a beggar. But I want Judgment Day honesty, the easiest thing in the world. Just say, I'll deal with it later. No, 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 no. Tonight, pastor paid the expense to get me a ticket to fly me down. Has treated me like a king. I don't want to waste his time, his money, your money, your time. I want you to make it count tonight. On the count of three, I've opened some doors. And tonight, I want God to take all the junk out. And I want to close the door on hell the rest of my life. My family's going to be holy. We're going to go to heaven together on the count of three. If I'm talking to you, some junk in your life, you want God to take it out on the count of three, raise your right hand. One, two, three, raise it high. Jesus, my God. Jesus. Now put your hands down. That's all I need, Holy Ghost. When I see 90% of people respond, that means you've done your office work and I've done my assignment. Stand to your feet, everybody. Raise both of your hands and praise him like this is your last night and this is your best night and this is your first night. Open your mouth and praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. If you don't want to say, just praise him in the spirit. If you don't know what to say, just praise him in the spirit. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Jesus, Jesus. My God, I see the multitudes running. I see the crowds coming. I see thousands and hundreds of thousands of people diving into an altar. I see it, so I say it in Jesus' name. The church's finest hour is not behind us, it's in front of us. Mm, God said, you haven't seen it yet, it's in front of you, it's here, it's beginning. The first fruits right here at River of Life, I'm here. Getting ready to move into this next great wave of tsunami. You are too, we're in this together. I saw 90 some percent lift your hands. That's the first step. Charity's not singing, run to the mercy seat. I don't minimize what God did. We're not going back to a place. But in reality, there's something living in us that happened in the past that won't die because the greatest fruition of it is in front of us in Jesus' name. I'm going to count to three. Every one of you that raised your hand quickly and quietly, get out of your seat and stand right here in front of me. One, two, three, come on right now. Come and stand here in front of me and throw your hands up like it's a hold up and just praise him. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. My God, I live for this sight right here. Go ahead and weep, my friend. That's the glory on you. <laughs> You don't have to beg. He's already forgiven you. All he wanted was you just come and say yes. This is all he wants right here. What a night and what a sight. I live for what I see right now. 
weeping. Young man, that's the glory on you. You're getting ready. God's going to take on all the junk and fill you with his glory. You're a carrier. I declare for a decree that God is raising up militant blood-bought army of believers. Praise him. With your hands up, everybody. Raise them high. Let God see I'm hungry. I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of sin. I'm sick of Satan. I'm sick of self. Oh, God. What a night. What a sight. A house full of people repenting rebuking and renewing our commitment to Jesus, His truth, His word. Free from sin, full of Him every day, all the way. Hallelujah. Now with your hands in the air, as you break in His presence, I want you to repeat this prayer. You're not talking to Pastor Scott. You're not talking to Evangelist John. You're talking to Father God. Say these words out loud. Dear God, I love you. I really, really do because you first loved me. And tonight, I come to you. I surrender all. Forgive me, Father, for all of my sins, the bad I've done, the good I haven't done, wrong priorities, wrong motives, bad attitude, in Jesus' name, I repent. As I submit to you, I believe your word. You cannot lie according to your word. Right now, this very moment, all of my sins are under the blood. Behind your back, in the sea, forgiven, forgotten, forever. I'm your child, ready for heaven, ready for revival, ready to live, ready to die. I am ready. So right now, in the mighty name of the mighty Jesus, Satan, you hear me good. Get out of my head. Get out of my head. Get out of my heart. Get out of my home right now. I'm free. I'm saved. And I know that I am right now. The junk is gone. Jesus has come. I am filled full. I am fulfilled right now. I am ready. I shout it. I shout it. I shout it. Come on, lift your hands and begin to shout praises to God. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice and begin to shout praise. Hey, hey, hey. Woo! Glory to Now praise him in the Holy Ghost. Just 30 more seconds. Before I lay hands on your head, I want you to praise him in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sela Ramoko Rimanda Ramasaya. Vela Ramoko Sandidi Mantanda Ramasaya. Jesus, Jesus. When I see the tears, 
I know you already have a testimony. But rather than pass the microphone and for you to tell what he set you free from, it's between you and him. The time may come for testimonies, but tonight, you're now empty of all the junk. How many believes it's as simple as that? You call on the name of the Lord. Now he wants to fill you with his glory. Because one of the Satan's greatest tools in giving place to the devil is Satan's return visit. He comes back and he sees the house is clean but empty. He takes seven more, worse than the first. I know that's talking about demon possession, but I, if there's a, if there's a vacuum, how many knows he wants to take away the pressure? You fill it with prayer. He takes away the greed. You fill it with glory. He takes away the pain. You fill it with praise. He takes away worry. You fill it with the word. How many knows you've got to be filled? He wants to fill you full, fulfill you. So in a few moments, nothing in this hand but blood, tissue, bone, and sinew. When I lay hand on your head, the power of God's going to come on you, and God's going to give you fresh anointing. How many wants fresh anointing? He's going to give you fresh anointing, fresh glory. Tonight belongs to you and him. Now, just a fair warning. I'm going to stand as long as I can stand. I need somebody holding me up because the glory is already getting heavy. Pastor talked a while ago about being drunk. I'm already feeling that woozy thing that so I'm going to need some help tonight. But I'm going to lay hand on as many as I can. And if I go out and I go under, don't worry about me. I'm okay. But you're putting the chairs up right now. We're just getting the chairs out of the way.